Happy Monday. It's not Black Monday yet, but it is a Monday here nonetheless in early November. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable. Joined as always, Bo Brock, Damian Anderson. Gentlemen, we are roughly 24 hours removed from yet another Arizona Cardinal loss. 10 wins in their last 29 tries at State Farm Stadium. Not great. They were swept by the Seattle Seahawks. Cliff Kingsbury's job remains, let's say, on shaky grounds at best. At worst, Bo Brock, he is the odds-on favorite via numerous books in Las Vegas to be fired next. That's because anybody with two eyes, maybe one eye, can see that this team had its last gasp yesterday, right? The holes, the issues of this Arizona Cardinals team continue to be exploited, exposed. Five sacks, 12 penalties, a nauseating amount of pre-snap penalties. Billy Price can't hang at the center position. Cody Ford had a rough day. You guys broke it down so well on the post game show yesterday highly recommended if you haven't seen it yet check out da and my guy johnny venerable frank sanders just it was therapeutic it's what the people needed yesterday big thank you to you gentlemen but man as far as this team goes i mean i didn't expect uh, somebody to be sent packing today but i think as far as the writing it's it's on the wall as far as the future of this organization and that we're probably in the final days weeks and month of the cliff kingsbury era Bo, I think just given, and, and I thought about this quite a bit, given Kyler's unique skill set, I think, and, I, you know, some would call it niche, right? Because it's his skill set is a bit uh, unconventional uh, given the, the the sample size of the of the NFL, right, over the years, given being 5'10", his elusiveness, his quickness, his speed, and throwing ability. So given his niche skill set, skill set, I believe that Michael and company will be hesitant before they make that move. And as we talked a little bit about on the show, I think that that's going to happen later. I mean, with the exception of, Steve, you know, Coach Wilkes, uh, Michael's been pretty, I would say, loyal to his coaches with Wiz and Hunt as well as Arians. Well, there's a couple updates that we have, um, just in case some of our folks who are in the chat right now, welcome friends, welcome Isaiah, AZ Kings 480 says, go Suns. Yes, go Suns, go, go Coyotes, go ASU, go Wildcats. We love our Valley sports and we love the Cardinals here, but you know, shit's getting real here in Arizona with the Arizona Cardinals. And so if you're not on the Twitter streets, let me catch you up. This was a report from John Gambadaro, does a great job, 98.7 Sports stating the following, I would be very, very surprised if anything happens with Cliff. For everyone refreshing Twitter every 60 seconds this morning, he is safe for now, not going anywhere. Um, But then I mentioned it earlier, there are some Vegas odds that continue to make themselves relevant. This came earlier today as well. Adam Thompson does a nice job looking at books across the landscape of Vegas. He has Cliff Kingsbury as the overwhelming favorite. Following the firing of Frank Wright earlier today, Plus 225, Levy Smith and Josh McDaniels, respectively, behind him. Cliff Kingsbury, I think last week, gentlemen, I saw him right around plus 150. So I'm not sure how it went up. But again, different books are going to give you different values. So take that with a grain of salt. But the general consensus is Cliff Kingsbury, you ask casual fans, you ask the media, you ask Vegas. Will he get fired? Is he next to get fired? The answer is a resounding yes, Bo. Like, we're not up here demanding that he be removed today, demanding that he should clean out his office. We're just talking about, it's like you stated before the show, these are facts right now. Vegas Mm -hmm. is telling you Cliff is going to be fired next. 
Right. It's not, it's not speculation. It's what, you know, as far as the betting odds go and what yeah. Vegas is saying and the wise guys are saying. And I think obviously it's, it's to generate people betting on that. Right. And to generate yes. money. Uh, and, and as far as anybody who's kind of watching this team from the periphery, they're seeing that this team is, is not well coached and, and that they're underachieving. And what you see as far as Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, all the talent on this team and them underachieve week in and week out. And each and every time somebody gets a glimpse nationally on a primetime game, they're like, well, that's pretty easy to, to say, hey, I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to get fired. But then you obviously have to peel back the onion like, and really kind of realize, and I see in the chat, you know, as far as how Michael Bidwell operates his organization, is he willing to kind of pull the cord on this team midseason, which he hasn't done since he's taken the reins as far as president, chairman, owner. No, but I think there are three reasons why you have to think that the first time in Michael Bidwell's history that he might really truly consider it and pull the plug on this thing before, you know, the final clock runs out on this season, just because, uh, I mean, obviously Vegas is going to do their thing, but, you know, when you look at this as far as the Arizona Cardinals, in the next two games they play Sean McVay, who's their daddy. They've beat him once with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray as uh, taking over kind of the reins of this organization. They've beat him once, and, and I think they're at like 1-12 overall against a guy like Sean McVay. And then you've got the opportunity as far as to fall to 0-5 in the division, 3-8 and overall. And then you've got – Pretty much on after that game, a game on the national stage, international stage in Mexico City against a very stout 49ers defense that could just pulverize this offense that struggled so much. It could be one of those like London from a couple of years ago's international incidents where it's going to be the talk of national media the next day, Monday night football, and also hard knocks, I think plays a role into it too. Michael Bidwell is not going to want to look like a fool on hard knocks for the remainder of the season. Just kind of keeping the ball rolling on this, this, this franchise that's going in the complete opposite direction. I think that those are three legitimate reasons why he could pull the plug before the end of this thing. And also one thing I'll throw in there too, is that there's, it's not the unknown, like without Cliff Kingsbury is not the unknown. I mean, we saw this team operate without Cliff Kingsbury in Cleveland last year, and it operated at a pretty damn high level with Spencer Whipple calling the shots. You could go Whipple, you could go Sean Kugler, and you could go Vance Joseph, who people want to play easy, connect the dots on. Yeah, I mean, Bo, I like that. And I didn't even think about the fact that, you know, he wasn't with the team last year in Cleveland. But I guarantee you there's they're weighing all the odds, right? The impact of this change and what it would do to this team. And if it makes sense, you know, in terms of long term and what are the viable options moving forward, right? Given the skill set, giving the players that you have and, and playmakers that you have on this team, you know, who is best suited to do this job? Is it for the remainder of the season, next, you know, eight, nine games? Is it going to be Cliff Kingsbury or is it going to be someone new that we could come in here and be a patchwork for the remaining season? But I just, I don't see Michael moving off of Cliff right now. I think that he's going to give him a shot definitely between these next 
you know, couple of games. And as you guys mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the visibility, the impact of being immersed in the organization with hard knocks and the type of impact that they may have. So, you know, you couple that with, if it doesn't look good on hard knocks, depending on, and I guarantee you, you know, owners of these, the, the league, they're, they're smart, right? They're going to look at the legal impact and they're going to, I think that sure, you know, HBO is going to have some, some freedom, right. To, to show what they want. But I guarantee yeah. you, Michael has final say in terms of what's going to be released regarding this team. But I think as you guys know, you have to win the crowd. And unfortunately the Arizona Cardinals with their play, they're not winning the crowad right now. And opt- in optics don't look good. Nightingale sunset with a, with a really good comment here. I want to read uh, a couple comments above when Frank Wright, who was just fired by the Colts, gets fired before Cliff Kingsbury, you know something is shitty. Uh, Frank had a winning record, 40-30-1, as a playoff win, albeit you know he's in the AFC South, take of the what you will, technically a better record this year by a cards by a game of the half, and he was kind of forced with these horrific quarterbacks year after year, you know, I, I having a better record than Cliff Kingsbury, who's had Kyler Murray his entire NFL career, albeit in the NFC West. I think that's interesting, and it shows maybe some different standards now. What's going on in Indianapolis is a hot mess in and of itself with Jeff Saturday taking over with no coaching experience. <laughs> but I, I also think, you know, a lot of people, my, myself included, my biggest thing, gentlemen, we talked a little bit, Bo, about this on the post game yesterday, was I, it's not, to, to me, for Michael, it's not about moving off a cliff. It has mm-hmm. to 100% be what that means then for Steve Kime, because Michael knowing the optics, I, I guess he could conceivably do this, but how do you fire Cliff Kingsbury without then firing Steve Kime in January? That is malpractice to your franchise. And so that to me is like the bigger weight that he is, he is coming to grips with right now. If I fire Cliff Kingsbury, which Steve Steve has grown up in this organization. So I don't necessarily see that, you know, happening, you know, to your point, Johnny, I think that that will be there would be outrage if Steve Kime, who he's had success. Like, we'll, we'll talk if and when Steve gets fired, I will give him a day on the show. We'll talk about all of his hits. We'll talk about how historically he's the best GM they've ever had. There will be time for that. He probably should have been fired with Steve Wilkes. If he gets another head coach, if he gets to go through the hiring process again, you you will not win back these these fans that are right now. Saying that's an, we have people in the chat. I don't want to see people not go to the game, but we got people in the chat and on Twitter saying I'm not giving any money to this franchise. I want you guys, you know, use game time, go to the game, support the team. They <laughs> the players still care. But if you keep Steve Kime around and you fire Cliff Kingsbury, that to me is is everything because I do believe Bo, and I think it was your old cohort Jody Air who he had an article out today. It was it was a good article, mm-hmm. basically it saying was. like it's. The timing of your division is like this is like a perfect storm if you want to see Cliff Kingsbury go because they're like, in my opinion, beating Sean McVay Sunday. I want it to happen. It's not realistic given the track record. And then there's blood in the water for Kyle Shanahan on Monday Night Football national stage where it was a national stage that got Mike McCoy fired on Thursday Night Football like a mixing pot of just a shit storm. You're not going and playing Carolina again this weekend and hiding at the 10 o'clock window hour or 11 or whatever. You're on. These are big games. These are Fox games. This is nationally televised. These are teams that are in your division that need a get right game. And right now with your interior offensive line, Aaron Donald, you know, coming to town for Kyler Murray, like that's a, 
That's an unfortunate scenario for Cliff Kingsbury. It is not a smooth, smooth landing. You you have no parachute right now. Johnny, and I want to throw this back at you and Bo. Do you think that that's something that Michael in, you know, is considering, right? Like, hey, they haven't been able to be at their fullest potential because we've had everybody's you know, got injuries. You're 0-5 in the division. You lose these two games. That is a huge embarrassment. You are you're measured up against yeah. your peers. I don't give a like yeah, and your okay, they're missing five a couple lines. That's and right. That's right. Yeah. Two, two tackles. So, no, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I just, you know, you just want to consider all, you know, context before you make this decision. Absolutely. For sure. And I, and for I, sure. And I hope that they're doing that. I mean, over their last 17 games, they're, they're six and 11. I mean, that that's, a, that's not just a sample size. I mean, dating back to last season, this is an organization that has struggled mightily, hasn't played that game of chess and has, has just been stagnant, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And that's Cliff Kingsbury's department, but you know, it, it's, I mean, somebody asked me, like, you would fire him after a Monday night game on a short week. And I, I think in I, I'm not saying, spent, yeah, I mean, you've got to buy, you've got spent. There's like, no I'm not saying time, spent. Guys. There's no, there, there's not, there's not. Yeah. But I mean, if, if you're floundering like that and, and it seems like bad habits, I mean, they're already there. Right. Especially for your 46 point one million dollar quarterback that you need to fix and, and help that they don't sink in too much to where he becomes a Carson Wentz who's not got now gotten not one but two head coaches fired in his wake of organizations Doug Peterson and Frank Reich you know I, I think that it, it's you there's got to be a sense of urgency and for the first time you know I, I think that Michael Bidwell you know the, the Wisenhunt era you, you just had the luxury of, of a team going nowhere but the roster really wasn't in, in good shape at that time you had like Larry Fitz, you had, you know, Patrick Peterson, but not much beyond that. And then the Steve Wilkes, you know, one year was, was just a disaster organizationally. So I think right now you have talent on your roster and you don't want it to go to waste another season. And, and really this, this crap that's been going on this, this season and a half to, to resonate and linger into the next season. So, but you know, real quick, the time issue, it's like, He's he's Michael Bidwell's high school sweetheart. I mean, this is this is going to be tough for him to cut the cord. There, there's never been a time in his career, in his running an organization, that he's been alone. He's he's staring down being alone in this thing with kind of Kyler Murray, but at the same time, you have to kind of keep a, a relationship that's that's professional and and that's good for him going forward. And I don't know if like buddying up to your franchise quarterback is the best idea, but. You know, he's going, he's staring down, you know, this isolation that an NFL, very few NFL owners have to go through. Well, and you got to rip the bandaid off at some point. You if you, if you want to, sure. if you want to, if you want things to be status quo and stay the same or get worse, because I would argue you're going to be paying Kyler Murray a premium. His, his money's not kicking in really big time until two more years. And you're going to waste that opportunity. We need to be in a position in two years where Kyler Murray is unequivocally the best player on this team. And he large parts is elevating and carrying your franchise along with your head coach and your GM who can make shrewd draft picks because you can't go out and sign a bunch of players in free agency. They're nowhere close to doing that right now. They're trying to supplement left and right. And and who is Cliff Kingsbury elevated, especially offensively? Um, another point I want to get to here, uh, I think it was Diego. Is there any top tier coaches we could get this offseason? Not so much the question because we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that. But just Michael Bidwell. Each of the last three hirings, the Cardinals have been so slow. They have not been aggressive or they've been turned down, right? I think you have a couple things working for you. You have the quarterback. I think there's more talent on the roster than ever before. I think the division is going sideways fast. But you cannot, 
this is where I've kind of I, I was of the mindset you let you give Cliff the whole year, you you give him an opportunity to say goodbye. And I think he's earned that. I'm I'm I've moved off of that because if it allows you now, if you move off of him and you give the reins to Vance Joseph, give Vance Joseph a couple games, see what he can do. Of course, give him an interview. If he blows you away, we'll see what happens. But you need to get a head start on your coaching search ASAP. I don't want to start from square one like we've done in so many years prior in January. I don't want to be in a position where, like, they lucked into Bruce Arians. We've talked about it at nauseum. Bruce was passed over by a bunch of teams, including the Bears. Cardinals were getting rejected for interviews, and Arians came to them, and it was it was lightning in a bottle. Steve Wilkes, same scenario. They were getting rejected left and right. Wilkes and them. No one was hiring Steve Wilkes for their head coach. And then this thing with, you know, everything with Cliff Kingsbury. The Jets were involved, but it was two, you know, rough franchises competing against each other. Like if they're if the Chargers job's open, you know, we'll see what happens with Carolina. But now the Colts job, historically, that's a good job. Like you got to have your shit together. No one. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, you got to be ready to compete, Michael, for a Sean Payton, uh, maybe a Jim Harbaugh like that. That's where you need to be thinking. And so you can't start from square one, Bo, January, Black Monday, whenever that is, January 6th. It needs to be like. Late November, early December. Like, if I'm cutting ties with everybody, I need to make a list and I need to start setting things up because there's n- no nothing that says you can't do that. Well, I, I think your your list. You you first start a list of general managers. I think you have to start there and then see what their list. Oh, looks they're like not going to hire. He's not going to hire an external GM. We all know that. So okay, you, you talk to you've David, got Adrian Wilson. David, you've got Adrian Wilson in the building. Why don't you just, then just you tap into him right now? As well. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. just, Well, no, I'm saying that. That's I'm totally fine. They want to promote Adrian yeah. Wilson or Quentin Harris before the end of the season. Sure. Do that. But Rod Graves and Steve Kime and whomever was before them were all internal. Like Michael's not sure. hiring an external candidate. Okay, sorry, that's fine. I, I mean, if 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 that's your guy and that's who you've identified and and that's great. Everybody loves a Dub. He's he's a as far as one of the most beloved players in franchise history is absolutely up there. Um, if then you kind of start to tap into like, who do you like? Who do you, who do you want to go after? Uh, but it's, it's the thing it's, it's going to be inevitable. If you get rid of cliff, you're right. You can't let Kai make a fourth coaching hire in, in less than 10 years. So uh, it, it's, it's really going to be fascinating to see, but you start that process. Now you don't say, okay, black Monday came Monday after the right. regular season ended Let's make our list now and see what it looks like and see That's if these what guys are done interested. In the past. I, I know they're by it's, himself. It, it, it's 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 absolutely just it's it's head scratching and, and unbelievable. And, and the fact that they've done it as many times as they they have, I don't understand it because they'll stand up there at the podium and say, "Hey, we've got this this. We're opening up our search. We're no rocks going to go unturned, and we're going to do our due diligence." And it's just like, and then you just get a bunch of crap sandwiches, and then you luck out in the Bruce Arians and. You know, I they ended up one of the most inexplicable coaching rises to a head coaching position was Cliff Kingsbury. And here we are now. I mean, uh, a lot of people predicted this from very jump. He, he had some success. You can't deny that. But it, it ended up just as many people envisioned. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals, you really hope that they are going to Michael Bidwell. Is going to get this one right. Give this cha- this organization a chance to not squander the the talent that they have on the roster. Guys, and 
you knew that everyone knew that this was a risk when they got Cliff Kingsbury, right? I mean, given his lack of success in the college game, but you knew that there was a trend surrounding, you know, West Coast teams with Shanahan and with, with McVay, and the Cardinals were trying to get on that trend of finding a new trendy coach that had success, quarterback whispers, and they're maybe trying to get the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes. But throughout the evolution of Cliff Kingsbury as a coach, we haven't seen growth on the parts that we need to see, right? In terms mm-hmm. of evolution of play calling, you haven't seen the evolution of Kyler Murray, you haven't see the, the the elimination of those self-inflicted wounds and on the defense I mean it's been patchwork you know Vance Joseph for the most part I mean they've done a great job being the foundation of this team I think moving forward and I know that we'll talk about that at length but they have to look for those type of recession proof coaches right that no matter what the trend the year you have a guy that can maybe consistently coach not have minimize issues errors right because we've seen what Minnesota has been able to do we saw it firsthand mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they've always had talent, but they've had the inability to be consistent and continue to win. They've cleaned up their, you know, self-inflicted wounds as, as you were. But they have that old feel of, hey, we're going to do everything right. We're going to work harder than you and we're just going to beat you up front. And I think that if they could identify one candidate like that, I think that would serve this Cardinals well. Because I don't want to say it's missing discipline, guys, but mm-hmm. they're missing discipline. And that's what it yes. does. That's what happened. That's what happens <laughs> with those self-inflicted wounds for sure. Uh, Garvey Craig's. Thank you for the $1.99 super chat, my man. Favorite young player on the team. I mean, for me, it's Kyler Murray on the flip side defensively. I mean, I, I you know, love with Isaiah. Yeah, like Isaiah that. Simmons. A lot, of, a lot of good candidates. More, I think, than in years prior, Bo, when they've started these kind of resets. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, there's there's guys under 25 years old on this roster. It's littered with them in, in the secondary and in Byron Murphy and, and Zach Allen, what he's doing up front. Got to be excited about it, but Isaiah Simmons, you know, his game-changing ability on the defensive side of the football should have everybody excited. Uh, him playing close to 80% of the snaps, looking great. And then offensively, you know, Kyler and, and hopefully when Hollywood Brown, he'll get back to 100% and back in the lineup. I mean, there's a lot of young players in pieces that you should be excited about. And a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who's defying father time, and, and despite his, his down game yesterday, I mean, just have an absolute just huge return to the NFL after his six game suspension. But uh, yeah, I mean that you should, I, I want to throw Brian Flores in there. I think Brian Flores would be a great hard nosed coach that if you coupled him with an offensive coordinator, you know, I think that you would, you could limit some mistakes. You, you would see a more disciplined team. And I think that, you know, him coupled with a dub, it, it'd be great, but you find that offensive mind that you can get in there. That that's going to, that you can pair with Kyler uh, that would be like a Brian Dable with Josh Allen and what you're seeing Josh Allen. I saw in the chat, you know, Ken Dorsey's kind of just picking up where Brian Dable left off. Like you find that you find what you f- had in Philly when Carson Wentz had all that success with Doug Peterson and Frank Reich and before his injury and, and things started to go south in his career. So, yeah, I think there's options. It's, it's got to be exciting because so many times we do see this, right? I, I think we saw it in Peyton Manning's career at one point. Like not everybody's uh, Tom Brady where they get with one coach and it's coach quarterback for 10 plus years. It's like some guys like Kime and Cliff were good enough to get them back to the postseason, right? And show that they could play, right? But then there's guys that can get you to the next level and then they exist yeah. out there. And, and the Arizona Cardinals just need to do their job. It's Michael Bidwell in identifying those guys that, like, thank you for your service. Here's your gold watch, Steve Kime. Thank you for everything you've done. But there's a ceiling there. We need to find the guys to take it to the next level because we have next-level talent on this roster right now. 
Well, yeah. real quick, you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins talking about taking it to the next level. Third game back, he was virtually without the exception of that touchdown. He was virtually unheard of in that second half. I think maybe two targets after that yeah. after that touchdown pass. I mean, what you were there in person? Can you please yeah. explain? What happened? I mean, it wasn't it, just too high, right? I know I heard some of the you know right. communication from Cliff, but we didn't see it like games past where they've moved him around, finding opportunity, finding ways to get him the ball. I mean, he's been that impactful with this offense, and they looked like Cardinals of old when D Hop wasn't playing. Yeah, it was. Uh, you would see Tyreek Woolen out there, kind of even. It felt like on an island, but yeah, there was some too high situations where he had help uh, behind him. But there was times where Kyler wasn't even looking his way. And, and I'm not saying that that has anything to do with the little, squir- you know, verbal squirmers that they had that was caught by the cameras. But I think that you know Kyler felt like. Wolin was playing good enough defense and the two high was there and he didn't have any fucking time at all. I mean, there were times where three of the five sacks that he, that he, Kyler was had to take on were three seconds, just over three seconds. So he was just getting, it was just a jailbreak to Kyler Murray. So he didn't really have time to, to even, he just had to get the ball out and he wasn't even looking. He was like first read and go. Uh, so unfortunately I just don't think that, DeAndre, I think he was just kind of lost in the shuffle as it was just chaos uh, after Pete Carroll and that defense made their adjustments after that first drive or that, that touchdown drive. Well, if, if, for all of you that are ready to make your bets on on Cliff Kingsbury being the next coach fired, I would just temper your expectations because if, if Josh McDaniels loses to Jeff Saturday and the Colts this weekend, I, I think he might be first in line to get fired. The street coach that's never coached before, I think McDaniels would leapfrog Cliff. Cliff's got a dub over McDaniels this year. Um, I don't think you can bet on future coaching firings yet on DraftKings, but here's what you can bet on. You can bet on the Phoenix Suns, and you customers can make any $5 NBA money line bet, get $200 back if your team wins. You can also use the uh, step-up same-game parlays, Boost your winnings up to 100%. Do it tonight. Saints, Baltimore, Ravens on Monday Night Football. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Remember, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. Let's talk about more good stuff, Johnny. How about we're less than two weeks away from the World Cup kicking off. We're teaming up with Four Peaks 2 to host all the U.S. and Mexico World Cup matches at their 8th Street Pub, the OG location in Tempe. Enjoy beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances, and more. Check the link in the show notes here. Register for free. Look, I, I, I remember when the World Cup was going on a couple of years ago. The last time that the U.S. was involved, it seems like a decade ago, but around the Valley, it was nearly impossible. You had to wait and lines to get into a watch party you don't have to do that you can go to four peaks have great beer great food great atmosphere and watch these games they got the 20 foot screen lock in your seat right now register for free check the link in the show notes got to be 21 years or older of course to enjoy that delicious four peaks beer kilt lifter double pumpkin you've got everything that you want as far as a beer drinker from four peaks and the great food got to be 21 years older and uh, of course drink responsibly we all love drinking responsibly, uh, and we're driven to drink sometimes when we listen to <laughs> my cohort's comments with uh, Cliff Kingsbury. So Cliff met with the press today. I think there was some, you know, maybe some doubt that that press conference would actually happen today, Bill Brock. But you were at the Cardinals facility in Tempe. You got to chat it up, as did the other media members there, with Cliff Kingsbury. 
And uh, one of the biggest takeaways, yeah. in, in what looked like a defeated man, frankly, we've got the clip up yeah. on your Twitter basically asking if he was going to relinquish play calling, to which he said, quote, like, no changes with that, something to that effect. Go find the yeah. video at Bull Brock if you haven't already. Like, it's it's sad at this point because he's getting these questions, Bo. There's no denying it. He knows that the offense is grossly underperforming, underachieving, and yet he's got to go up there with his big boy pants on, with his big boy capris, and answer these questions. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to uh, answer questions that I don't even think he has the answer for. And yeah. as far as people kind of calling out his livelihood, I mean, he is a play caller. He's been a play caller ever since he kind of became a coach at any level. And for people to say, well, when are you going to give that up? You know, think it doesn't seem to be going well for you. Like, when are you going to give it up? And for him to have to ask, that's pretty much a, there's a token question each and every week about play calling responsibilities, roles and duties. And he, he pretty much, it was as casual as he's done it, you know, in the last couple of weeks. So he, he's at least entertained the question with some sort of response until today. He's like, there's not going to be any changes. It's going to be me going forward. I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty much essentially all he gave us. Next question. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what we got. And also, you know, that with the, the issues that we saw in the interior of this offensive line with Aaron Donald, you know, up next, it, it, there's no help on the way guys. Like there, there's zero help on the way for this offensive line and it's getting worse. You know, Rodney Hudson continues to be out. He's not going to be able to get back from the knee injury again this week. And then Will why Hernandez is he not is, on injured reserve, Bo? Like, did anybody ask I that think, question? Like, I mean, I think that this that? is because it's, it's just one of those, <laughs> it, it's, I don't know if it's like an old war veteran where if the rain or the weather does a certain thing and he feels it in his knee, he can't go. I don't know. I have no problem. Like, I have no idea. They're just hopeful he can get back and it's a week to week thing and he's just not ready. Uh, and they didn't want to IR him and they've already IR'd and returned some guys so far this season. But as far as the interior that, it, that offensive line, like Will Hernandez has a pick a peck injury. He's going to be at least out this week, hopefully not much longer than that. So you're staring down Billy price and maybe Max Garcia gets back, but we know what that looks like. And then Cody Ford, um, and then you've got another option as far as Sean Harlow. I, I, it seems like the center position is going to be up for a, more of a, a battle this week. I don't think Billy Price is just going to be the guy you're going to move forward with. I asked Cliff about that today. We'll, they said, we'll just see how practice progresses. But right now, Billy Price is the guy. But Sean Harlow could be back in the mix come Wednesday when they hit the practice field again. Scary. And, and Bo, what was that quote? I mean, that tweet that you had, you said Harlow and, and Price out of six games. What was it? Yeah. You know, how, how many sacks versus Rodney? Nine yeah. seasons he had, he had two. I mean, that, yeah, that's so, – I mean, the, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you expand on yeah, that. As far as those two guys, Sean Harlow and Billy Price, who have filled in for, for Rodney Hudson – in the few games that they've played, they'd surrendered six sacks plus a couple penalties. I think they had like five penalties between the two of them. Rodney Hudson isn't penal penalized that often, but he's given up the same amount of sacks over nine seasons that we've seen on display since he's been out the last couple of weeks from the Arizona Cardinals starting center position. Harlow and Price have just not been hanging uh, even at like a, a replacement level. It's frustrating because here's the thing. Kyler Murray does not play well against the Rams historically. And that's with, you know, Justin Pugh, most of the time, Rodney Hudson. I have legitimate concern, guys, for Kyler Murray playing in this game. And it goes way beyond wins and losses and then potentially dropping another game to McVay. 
because I think, you know, Vegas, they're an underdog again this week. I think the line's up to four. I think the line will only get bigger, frankly, as the week goes on. The Rams actually played a competitive game against Tampa and looks like they've got, you know, a little semblance of life offensively now. I am cons- greatly concerned about Kyler Murray and his and his health and safety against this Rams front. When you trot out practice squad level players, and I know we're thinking ahead, I'm thinking ahead to next year and to, the, hell, this winter, when tough decisions are going to be made, I cannot have a selling point of a quarterback that is injured or hurt or missing time. I, I They will never do it, but I, I playing Colt McCoy, until everybody's ready to go, that's something that I would at least entertain. Kyler, Mur- <laughs> Kyler Murray. They're not doing that. They're not. I'm, doing I, I know they wouldn't, but Kyler Murray is going to be get- sacrificing poor Colt. You just be. No, he's oh, like he's we, sick. He can take can it. you imagine, Kyler- DA, if they did that at the professional oh, level? God. They're like, yeah. oh, we're, we're we're concerned about the starter, but hey, right. backup, come on in. <laughs> no, it's good. It's, no. it's good for you. You'll be fine. <laughs> But no, we don't want Kyler to get hurt. (laughs) No, but guys, I want to throw this. Jordan P had in the chat and he talked about, you know, we were talking about the the, the offensive lineman uh, ailments that we have on this team. He was like, you know, you can't blame Cliff for. People like the uh, idea in the chat. Help me me understand that, guys. Like, you can't blame Cliff for guys being ineffective or not doing their job. I'm sorry. Everybody's got injuries. And listen, it's not just the sacks for me. Minimize Kyler's ability to get hit and alter your play calling. Be more creative. Let's get, get more the quick. Then. Yeah, boots, quick throws, right? The creative, it's the same offense he's always ran. He's not adjusting at all. You watch some of these teams, they're forced to adjust because like San Francisco's O-line hasn't been good this year and they've maximized what Jimmy Garoppolo is and isn't so they can function. Now, Indianapolis. And they're very dependent he, on the run game too, though. Right. The Cardinals have, number one, and we've been asking this all year, Cardinals have no identity offensively, even with Rodney Hudson and Justin Pugh. They they look like shit through Carolina, and those guys were playing, and they kind of figured it out on the fly, and it's all Kyler Murray with his legs kind of playing off-script Sandlot football. But, but this is, I think, magnifies, hey, Cliff, the personnel's not great. What do you got for us? Oh, I have an offense that scores essentially one touchdown in eight quarters against the Seahawks with a, like five rookies on their on their starting lineup. That's what I've got for you. To me, injuries only expose further with what you are and what you aren't. And I feel like you can pump up all these additions in the offseason. And hell, like you got D-Hop and Kyler Murray. And to Damon's point, you're giving him four targets, two in the second half. I'm sorry. That's that's bigger than we got some guys injured on the offensive line. It's a philosophical issue with Cliff Kingsbury that he can't adjust and lean into sure. what he's good at and what he's not. I think that's yeah, the I biggest mean, problem, Johnny. And that needs to be communicated. I think that's what it is, Bo. Is, it's is too late easy. for that, though. I mean, it's yeah. like it's November. No, I mean, I'm sorry. I, but I it's agree over. with you. You know, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, as they do in judge. <laughs> you, you yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. the, the way you can overcome issues like this is just to be more and more prepared it is it's the, the best prepared possible. And we, we haven't seen that either. Like, it, it's like the team just like, oh, we're just going to go out there and try to do what we do. And if it doesn't work, well, damn, damn, we're just damned. Like we can't get it going on. So and Jalen Ramsey is going to present a challenge as far as DeAndre Hopkins and he can combat D hop. So you're going to have to generate offense elsewhere. And you're going to have to figure out a way to block up enough for Kyler Murray to be able to find, you know, 
other receivers and go through his progressions. I don't know, DA, we saw more Kyler Murray from under center. Would that help at all as far as what we're seeing in the show? Well, Garvey, Garvey Craig's in the chat. I don't want to interrupt you, Bo. Has a super chat, and it's what's yeah. a realistic way of upgrading the offensive line? Is that even possible? Mm. Given the current situation, I mean – I think they're always going to look right, continue to work out players. But given what they have, I think that they have the best available. I think to your point, Johnny, Cliff has to do a better job of maximizing Kyler's you know, talent, maximizing his players' talent and getting Kyler outside of the pocket. I mean, there were years that Russell Wilson didn't have the best offensive line, but what did they do? They were amazing at getting him outside the pocket. He would change different throwing lanes and just give him that opportunity to be successful on first and second down by using his legs, right? If it's not there, I'm going to rush and get three to three to five yards right and that sets you up for second and five in a beautiful situation and the fact that we haven't seen that progression of Kyler under center doing any type of bootlegs and or just remaining it's going to be what we be we 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 are going to be who we are we're going to throw bubble screens and double forward (laughs) passes and unfortunately, I mean, it just it have, just have penalties, pre-snaps, penalties. Yeah. Yep. You know, false starts. I, you know, of course. I mean, it's just these self-inflicted wounds that are indicative of a non-disciplined team. And you hate to say that because you know that Cliff, you know, cares about and feels for his players. I, I genuinely believe he's a player's coach, but I think that may be the downfall. The fact that he can't separate from being a coach and, and a friend, you know, may be the reason why he can't get on guys and, and hold them accountable. You know, I, I see Chicago and, and they've had they have so many issues and, and such a flawed football team, especially how they've been built the roster and, and what they've they've given and haven't given Justin Fields. And, and one of those things is an offensive line like the offensive line is, is terrible in, in Chi Town. And we still see this Bears team compete and, and they were they put up points last week against Miami that has a, a pretty stout pass rush. Yeah. Justin Fields was finding a way. And I think that it was this, this team was playing, felt some momentum by some moves that they made at the deadline and, and they were excited to see it. And, and this, but they this got rid of guys, Bo. They did. And they still but, went up there and, in one game. And maybe that's what the Cardinals need to do is it's guys who aren't performing. Maybe just send them, send them packing at some point. Goodbye. Guys got to start, you know, playing for jobs here. And, and that's, that's really how you, you can generate some sort of urgency. Let's take a look at the super chat here. What, what do we got? Uh, it's another a, it's one a good question. Yeah, uh, good head good, coach like Belichick, like Carol takes scrubs and wins a loser head coach like cliff. will take a Brady or a Kyler and make L's out of them. But I, <laughs> I mean, the greatest example of that Bruce Aarons used to win like over 50, 50% of his games. He was a 500 coach when like his backup started drew Stanton, and Blaine Gabbert, my, just like we know what great coaching looks like. We saw it just a few years ago. Recession proof, guys. Recep- yeah. Recession proof coaching. How many times Kyler Murray this year in the last eight losses they've had, when he goes into the second half as a favorite, has lost all eight games. That tells me as a favorite, you can't get it done because your head coach can't make adjustments at half. That there is no more demoralizing feeling. And Bo, I'll pose this question to you because I think there is also legitimate concern. And I, I see this on the Twitter streets with, you know, Big J journalism and people kind of downplaying Sean Payton to Arizona. Like, Sean Payton won't come to Arizona. Don't throw that out there. Well, shit. You're paying your quarterback $45 million. Kyler is demanding to be coached better based on his the optics that we see. 
and he's challenging his coach. Are you going to get like, I'm sorry, bumblefuck coach to come here. You're going to repeat all these mistakes or let's please open the checkbook and get a real coach in here. That's won a Super Bowl that Kyler respects that can get the most out of him. It makes me sick when I see people say like, that's not a legitimate option. Why the hell not make make them feel the pressure that it it has to be an option. You're already giving them an out. If you say, well, Sean Payton's on an option for Michael Bidwell, make Michael Bidwell answer the question as to why that's not an option. He should. That would I mean, infuriate he, me as a card. Michael, Bid, yeah, Michael Bidwell should open up his his pocketbook because what what coaches make compared to what you're paying a franchise quarterback. I mean, you have to you have to kind of part, put that as part of the investment, right? You're going to have to get this guy is coached up as as much as possible. Like Michael Bidwell does not want the Kyler Murray investment to fail because right. he, he, that would be that would could possibly sink him. I mean, as far as uh, what what he's trying to do and, and how quickly he wants to see results on the playing field. If Sean Payton, if he identifies him as as the guy for the job, then he should do by any means necessary to get it done. And I don't care what he told the athletic. I saw the comments about how he doesn't want to deal. He feels like there's some organizations that are just dysfunction just runs rampant through him. It's like this. I mean, first off, sitting in his glass house throwing stones after he got suspended for a full season after he let his defensive coordinator pretty much headhunt out there and go after opposing players and have a reward yeah. system for it. Like, give me a break on dysfunction. Like you were a good coach. You won one Super Bowl with Drew Brees. So let's, let's kind of pump the brakes there. Now, do you want to take on the challenge of taking Kyler Murray's game to the next le- level and be paid handsomely for it? Here he is. He's ready to go. Do you want to take that on? I think that that should be something if he's a competitor would want to take on. And, and if you've got a guy like Kyler Murray, you know, you shouldn't be scared off by if he's, you know, John as coach or John at his top wide receiver, like you can help Kyler Murray become a better communicator, become a better quarterback. You could be a part of the solution. You're not going to be scared. Of, if, if you're looking at it, any of the opportunities that are going to become available, they're all going to have their red flags. So I, I don't think that you should just you know, take the Cardinals out of it. It just because what you've heard or what you've seen from Sean Payton recently in, in the headlines. And we're getting a report. Real quick, real quick, Johnny. Does the price tag go up if they continue to lose? I mean, I think it's you're going to have to make him the highest paid head coach in the NFL or, or near it. And, and for Michael Bidwell, it's like, do you want to spend money and win games or do you want to be a joke? That's what I would be at. You know, you want to have an investment. We talked about it on a different show, Damien. Do you want to have a sports car without the engine? Or do you want to have the sports car, you know, with, you know, that's running on, I don't even know, I'm not a car guy, but it's the equivalent of Kyler Murray <laughs> without the engine. It's not drivable, right? You got to have the head coach. We just got breaking news uh, via yeah. Ian Rappaport, friend of the program, Bo, all pro safety, Buda Baker suffered, suffered a high ankle sprain uh, yesterday. A tough blow to the defense. The hope is Baker returns in uh, two to three weeks. Look at producer Emma Extraordinaire getting that up for us. So, um, just crushing you know. it. Yeah, just that's unfortunate. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's 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 get into the conversation as far as how they can kind of make up for Buda Baker's potential absence over the next couple days, weeks. And uh, but first, let me tell you how you can spruce up your home by using More Furniture's fall sale. Go to morefurniture.com, M-O-R furniture.com. You'll receive a hundred dollar gift card for every thousand dollars you spend. If you see us in studio, the PHNX Sports Studios, you'll see how pimped out. That, that studio is you can help out your living room, your dining room, your bedrooms at more furniture. Go get that hundred dollar gift card for every grand you spend. Also, 
you see us hanging in studio, you're thinking, man, these guys are boozing a lot. Well, that's not the case. We're actually putting back tall boys of bottled water. We're hanging out drinking mountain spring water from liquid death. Yeah, why is it called liquid death? It's because it's going to brutally murder your thirst and also brutally murder plastic pollution. Get rid of plastic bottles. They donate 10% of their profits for every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Be a part of the solution as far as pack plastic pollution. Go and buy yourself some liquid death wherever you, f- you can find it at Target, Fries, Sprouts, or get it liquiddeath.com slash phnx. That's liquiddeath.com slash phnx. Uh, I don't want this to be a scenario, and I'm not downplaying Buddha's injury uh, and the fact that Buddha is, you know, their best player defensively most Sundays. Um, but I think immediately where my mind goes is if they lose these games without Buddha Baker, are we doing the injury excuse uh, like we are with the offensive line, Bo? Because I watch I watched San Francisco miss a bunch of players and put up 30 plus points against the Rams. It doesn't matter. I, I again, I want Buddha to come back healthy and ready for December and, and to play his best football at the end of the year. He was fantastic yesterday. I uh, got pushed off by Tyler Lockett, but I, I don't want to hear the the noise about, yeah, the, the Cardinals just suffered too many injuries to compete this year. That's not, I don't want to hear that from a Cardinal fan. I mean, they're three. Didn't that happen last year, Bo Johnny? Didn't that happen last year where they suffered too many injuries? And as a result, you know, JJ Watt, D hop. That's why they ran it back this year. That's why they ran it back. It's, uh, you know, three and six at the time of the injury. Uh, if, if they do have depth, it, it is kind of safety. We'll see, you know, maybe they they keep just Isaiah Simmons on the field. Just don't take him off the field at this point. A guy that's worked out with the safeties ever since OTAs, you know, does he just slide into that role and play more on the back end uh, and, and then maybe move up in the box kind of like A.W. used to do uh, in his playing days, but maybe it just gives an opportunity, more snaps to Isaiah Simmons, who's playing about 80% of the snaps. Maybe he, yeah. he gets an uptick over 90. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't think that this becomes a crutch for this organization. I think at this point, you know, it, it's out there and, and they can't hide from it any longer. It's not, it's not a, a injury thing. It's not because Buda Baker was gone. There still should be in better position than the Rams uh, going into that stadium where the, the home fans aren't usually an issue. Uh, you, you actually have a better offensive line somehow than the Rams, and, and you're actually playing better offensively, shockingly. Can't let them get right just because Buda Baker's not there. You still have Jalen Thompson, you have Isaiah Simmons, and you have J.J. Watt, Zach Allen, Byron Murphy. You should have enough to get it done against that offense. That can't be a crutch. Well, and especially it's on the defensive side of the ball too, like – well, the defense is what it is at this point. I think they're out of gas. They've they've battled amicably. Uh, I think they've overachieved. They have the most defensive touchdowns in the NFL. They've been in a position where if the offense was living up to expectation, guys, this defense would be playing good complementary football. I really do believe that. But because we're sitting in the third quarter or fourth quarter of damn near every game, like save us defense. We need a three and out. We, and you're getting picks, pick sixes, right? You're getting fumble yeah. returns for touchdowns and you're not converting. Think about it. the two games against Seattle. You lost both games. You had a defensive touchdown on a, a special teams touchdown, like, and you couldn't win the game. And largely it wasn't competitive in the fourth quarter. So to me, it's just the offense just is say the this? problem. Go ahead. I mean, the offense is worse, but this defense is giving up 30 now in three straight games. Not great. No, it's it's given up the second most points in the NFL. I mean, 
My argument to that would be, Bo, as yeah. Johnny said a little bit earlier, it's a war of attrition. After you've continually yeah. gone three and out, three and out. Don't get me wrong, the back-to-back or whatever it is, two and three drives that were 13 plays, that was hard to watch. Their ability just to run the ball at will. And I've always talked about this. Tight ends and, run, and teams that can able that are able to run the ball is going to give the Arizona Cardinals defense problems, right? Because they're I mean, not dependent on being one-dimensional. But you got to be able to you, – you gave your team back just like against Minnesota. You gave the team back the ball with opportunities to win, and unfortunately they didn't execute. The Cardinals, uh, they did not replace Chandler Jones. They get no edge pressure. Go look at Geno Smith's two touchdowns yesterday. Ample time in the pocket. Super comfortable, right? They get pressure when they send people and when J.J. Watt, Zach Allen get some pressure. Uh, but you can't rely on defensive tackles to get pressure time and time again. Zero 10 of 15 on third downs. 10 of 15 yeah. on third it's, downs. I mean, they Marcus Golden the field. Marcus Golden has regressed significantly this year. I know he had a couple quarterback hits. He's got one sack this year, I think. They, they, they get nothing from Cameron Thomas, Maje Sanders. They they need to play more, frankly, Bo. That's a, that's something I would mandate the last eight weeks of the season. You know, Victor Dumekeji is a special team or best. That's on Steve Kime. Steve Kime said, we're just roll with what we have. And it's horrific off the edge. That's not a Vance problem. But what I will say is this. Vance, I think he's done a good job for what he's been given. I think he, you know, has probably been the scapegoat too often. And I would like to see him given an opportunity, you know, the last eight weeks of the season. I don't think anybody's looking at Vance as like the answer January moving forward. But I think he's a he's deserving of the role he has, and I think he's deserving of an opportunity to be the interim coach, and then we'll kind of go from there. But to me, I thought the defense was going to look like this all year, off and on. It's the offense for me. When you're historically bad offensively in the first half, and you're and you, they they went yesterday, they scored on that first possession, then they didn't score again, a touchdown into what their last possession. That's unacceptable. It's just they're. And you you hired this guy to be an offensive guru, an offensive genius, and you put all your chips in the offensive basket. You traded for Hollywood Brown. Like, we just keep going down the line of this is Kime's fault, this is Cliff's fault, blah, blah, blah. Okay, then you need to make a change. Like, there isn't one singular factor, whether it's Buddha being out or Hollywood being out or D-Hop being suspended. Like, I get it. It's a war of attrition, but it's also this team was not well built. Yes, they have some talent, but it wasn't well built. And your head coach is not, he's getting out coached almost every Sunday on Cubo. You will, you will not be a favorite in the last eight games of the regular season for a team that was predicted to make the playoffs by Vegas. How do you think that sits with Michael Bidwell? He's got a sports book now across the street from his stadium. They're never going to be favored again. <laughs> It's, it's, it's pretty much in this. How many three and outs? Yeah. How many three and outs? I think yeah. Brian Abdul in the chat just said if the offense would be able to move the ball and you know allow them to rest, they would have less opportunities on the field. But the fact that they're getting so much turnover and back on the field, back on the field, it's it's giving those off those opposing offensive coordinators a field day to yeah. basically do what they want. I mean, these two teams that are going to match up in Week 10 in Los Angeles or Inglewood between the Rams and the Cardinals are the two worst offensive lines probably going right now as far as what they're dealing with injury-wise and who's available and what level they're playing against. And you just look at how many three-and-outs that they face each and every week. I mean, the Rams are worse. I mean, I think the Rams had like eight three-and-outs against the, the Bucks on Sunday. Like, you know they the can't stay on the Rams have won a game. The Cardinals, is that right? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Come on, man. They beat the Cardinals. That, that, no, I'm sorry. I think they beat the Panthers. Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah, no, they, they beat they, the Panthers. They, 
Yeah, they rolled the Panthers, right? It was close. The- but I just I just remember thinking they look good offensively against Cardinals. Moved the ball when they had to. I mean, all, they had like 200 yards yesterday and 69, almost 70 of them came from Cooper Cup on one play. I mean, they're, they're an offense that's just decimated by injuries and, and not well built and they mortgage the future and they, they're starting to have to make big time mortgage payments on that. So, you know, this, but it, it seemed like anytime Jared Goff and Sean McVay needed to get right game or now Stafford and McVay, here comes Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Like they have to figure out this thing offensively. And if, if Cliff's going to continue to call the plays, like he said he was today in his press conference, the offense has to get better. It has to get better. Like it did. It took us. It's, it's like Zach Ertz said yesterday in the, in the post game, he said, we're taking one step forward and, and two steps back. Like the Arizona Cardinals offense has to show that they can take on a, a, a team that's struggling and kind of just figure it out and get it done. And, and you know, like we talk about this defense, it looks better in comparison to this offense, which has been putrid. So it's like, and the defense hasn't been great. Like we said, it's given up the second most points in the NFL. Well, well Bo, I think at the, the onset of the season, we knew that the Cardinals hedged their bets offensively, right? Extending uh, $100 million dollars spent on the offense, $78 million spent on the defense this season there, alone. There, there you go. So the expectations for the defense weren't that high. You just figured yeah. as though that, hey, we're going to score 35 to, you know, 27 to 35 points a game. The defense just has to stop them a couple times and we'll win those shootouts. That hasn't been the case. I think on par, I guarantee if somebody broke it down, the defense is right comparatively with the offense in terms of scoring points. So, and given the amount of plays that they've have to be on the field, I think that that's problematic. I mean, I don't know if Vance Joseph is an offensive coordinator, but he seems to be doing a decent job with the scoring defense, you know, give, given what we've seen thus far. Because, well, you can't say that you had an expectation for this defense to play solid. Given all every, given the hundred million dollar investment on this office on this office offense at the onset of the season, you can't. No I mean, one, no one had that expectation for sure. I, I mean, obviously there was a, there was a lot as far as they needed guys to develop, and some of those guys have absolutely taken a step forward as far as Dave and I and Isaiah. But you're right, a lot had to go right for the defense to compete. Where this offense was like, this offense is going to roll, and it's done the the complete polar opposite from that. No identity, lost. You know who's lost? Not lost, me on the underdog fantasy app. I cleaned up yesterday, had a good day. Uh, betting on evening football took uh, most of the unders for Tennessee's offense. Uh, man, Malik Willis, he did not look good. Um, but Tennessee, great coach. They were competitive. You can dabble in the app store, click on the links in the show notes. Sign up with promo code PHNX Underdog Fantasy. Get this, fellas. It's going to double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. I've already spent mine redepositing because I love Underdog Fantasy. That's promo code PHNX at Underdog Fantasy. Get in on the action today. If you guys haven't checked out the great work of our buddy Howard Balls or gophnx.com, I would highly recommend it. Smash that promo code Howard. Check them out. You can grab a free T-shirt from the PHNX Merchandise Locker if you sign up with us at gophnx.com. Just under 60 bucks for the year. It, listen, we got great content from he and Gerald and Craig Morgan, our fantastic beat reporters for the Coyotes, for the Suns, ASU, U of A. Uh, so much good stuff that you're only going to find at gophnx.com. Well, gentlemen, here we are. End of the day here on a Monday. Cliff Kingsbury remains employed, but that doesn't mean that we can't 
fire up this nifty little graphic that we had in the works from last week. It is now officially <laughs> Sean Payton watch here on the PHNX Cardinals podcast, because yes, your fans, our fans, the Cardinal fans, they deserve Sean Payton. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Sean Payton belongs in AZ. And now it feels like not if, but when Cliff Kingsbury will be moved off of, and then it becomes officially Peyton Watch. So for <laughs> Damian Anderson, Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We're back tomorrow, audio only Wednesday. Doubleheader, cards live, plus a hard knocks post game show. Hell yes, we get to watch this team's dysfunction on premium cable television. Be there with us. Like, subscribe, leave us a five star. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. 